Before we dive in, I want to let you know that my pediatric food allergy course, Fear to Freedom, is officially open for enrollment right now on emilynolan.com. One more thing before I jump in, I'm a mama, not a doctor. So the information provided in this podcast is for general informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment by a qualified medical professional. Any questions you may have concerning the diagnosis or treatment of a medical condition should be directed to your doctor or another qualified healthcare provider. The top thing to do before throwing anything out is invest in a good um, vacuum cleaner and get your um, vents cleaned out and good filters on them. Because it's not always the fabrics, it's the dust that settles in the fabrics that can cause a lot of irritation and allergies. In this episode of Whole Body Health, I get to speak with my lovely friend, Elizabeth Gia, about thoughtful interior design for in-home family health. This podcast began with the idea and really the extreme complication of trying to design my home so that it was healthy for my son who has environmental allergies and food allergies, which many of you know if you've been listening to this podcast. Elizabeth is a very famous top interior designer. So spending time with her asking her these questions felt like such an indulgence to me. And she offers so many brands and ideas for people who want to cultivate or curate home design that's classy and classic and long lasting, eco friendly. And, you know, she's got some different twists that I really like. It's not the things that you would necessarily expect to hear when you think of creating a home design that is comfortable for a child with environmental allergies or a family member with environmental allergies. Usually you think just get rid of everything and throw the baby out with the bathwater, which is what I did when we figured out Ollie had severe environmental allergies, including feathers and dust and dog and all of that. Well, she's got some other ideas. So, Some of them are kind of funny about bathing rugs like in a proper bath. And Elizabeth, as you'll hear, has a lovely English accent. And so bathing a rug just sounds so much classier and lovelier than uh, I would say it. So anyway, I'm really excited to introduce her to you all. And I hope that some of her tips and research will help you in your house become or feel a little bit healthier and a little bit more comfortable and maybe even a little bit more beautiful. Who knows? I'm excited to share this one with you. Elizabeth Gia, welcome to Whole Body Health. Thank you. It's great to be here. This is an episode I am so excited about. It is not a departure from what I'm doing because everyone will see how thoughtful interior design is so important for the health of the family in the home once they listen to this podcast. And as you've mentioned or alluded to before we started recording, there's more research that you've been doing on thoughtful interior design and natural preferences, really, that have been used for thousands of years. 
And I am so excited to learn more about this because it doesn't just impact families who have environmental allergies. This can impact everyone's immune health, you know. So we got a bunch of questions from social media when I posted, hey, Elizabeth is coming on the podcast and let's start here. Do I have to throw the baby out with the bathwater? This is a question really for families who have children or individuals who are environmentally allergic to things like pollen or feather or duck feather or, you know, dog dander running around the house when the dogs bring in all the allergens and materials that cause allergic reactions, like, for example, dust on old sofas or like vintage, we should say, sofas. So do we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to severe environmental allergies and then if we don't have severe environmental allergies, how can we make those pieces of furniture healthier for the family in the house? So, I mean, obviously everyone's allergies are different and it's kind of, a, I think, a bit of trial and error, you know, and when you have a new baby in the family and you've already had your house decorated, however it is, you know, you're, you're not quite sure what's causing the allergies. I would say that the top thing to do before throwing anything out is invest in a good um, vacuum cleaner and get your um, vents cleaned out and good filters on them. Because it's not always the fabrics, it's the dust that settles in the fabrics that can cause a lot of irritation and allergies. Likewise with curtains, I hate throwing anything out. So I would say first the vacuum and the vents, and then yes, you're going to have to, you know, maybe remove, see if you have down pillows, then change the insert to them with the down alternative. I have a lot of clients that are allergic to down pillows and there are some great alternatives out there, but a lot of it is just the dust that can settle on these fabrics. Obviously, you know, if you have a sofa with mold in it or something, I mean, I don't think that's good for anyone. So you can always have a mold specialist come over and, you know, they'll tell you which items are the ones causing problems. So that would be my answer. No, don't throw anything out. Just first start with the vacuum. Where do I find a good down alternative? And I asked this question for myself because I got these really nice pillows for my sofa and some of them, a couple are Missoni, which are pricey. And there's a couple other pillows that are really nice and pricey as well, but they only come with down pillows inside of them because that is like the luxury option. And so my inserts are alternatives from Amazon, which I hate to admit, but some of the sizes are really weird. And so, you know, I got it on Amazon, but the stuffing is not enough. It's weak. I love talking about pillows. This is right <laughs> up my alley. <laughs> I hope we didn't lose the listener with that one. <laughs> So anyway, so to make it short and sweet, before you go ahead and think that you're actually allergic to down, try the goose feather. It's the highest, highest quality down. It doesn't smell. It's super light. Of course, it's a lot more expensive. It's a lot more luxurious, but it's the cheaper downs that one tends to be more allergic to. So it's goose down. It's the nicest duvet you can imagine. Super light and super warm. It's the best quality feathers. It's like the cashmere of the wolf, you know? Um, but okay, if you really do need a down alternative, my favorite company is Matuk. They're a, a third generation American company uh, based in Massachusetts. 
and they do a fabulous down alternative. And I'm talking about sleeping pillows here and duvets, but you can also, you can also get their, um, I believe you can also get their down pillow in, you know, for sofa pillows and things because cheap down alternatives, I call them pancake pillows. You need a new one every few months and then it's filling up some landfill. So before thinking that you're allergic to down, just try a, a better quality down. I'm going to give you a case study and you jump in and tell me what you would do. So in the case of our family, we had a really nice Bernhardt sofa in our last home and it was down. I don't know what the blend was, but it was down inside encased with probably cotton or some filling, but maybe it wasn't encased. I don't know. There was down in it. A down wrapping around your upholstery. Okay. Covered in linen. It's a linen sofa. Pillows all over, but comes with the sofa pillows, kind of cotton armrests. So this sofa had been in the house with two dogs. There's also a big amount of people, a large amount of people that are allergic to dogs, not only because of the dogs, but because of the pollen they bring in, because of the grasses they've been rolling on, because of their diet and whatever they're licking in their mouths, getting on the couch. So we sold the couch. It didn't fit in our new home, which made me feel a little bit better about it. But we had to sell the couch because there was it was just like swimming in allergens for us. And it was torturous. But, you know, for a family that maybe can't afford to do that or doesn't want to do that, because I didn't want to and I don't like wasting things. I love repurposing and reusing things. Like, would you have professionally cleaned it? Would you have reupholstered it? Would you have figured out how to fill the sofa differently? Well, so it could also be upholstered with a, a new fabric like Krypton or something that stands up to stains and all the dog stuff and can be cleaned very easily. That Krypton could also be lined with something that stops whatever's in the sofa coming out and irritating you. So yes, a reupholstery can be great. And and if you tell them what your issues are, if it is a down wrapping, like I think it is, that down wrapping could have just been removed by the upholsterer. Don't tell my husband. Um. <laughs> it didn't fit. I saw it too. So I think you're- In all fairness for the listener- I am I am not contributing to landfills. It, and it actually went to a great home. So someone else will be really enjoying that. So they were super happy. It was a young couple and they were engaged. So I felt really good about it. I am curious about the cost of reupholstering the down, like taking it out. By the time you've bought a good fabric, because you want a fabric that'll last 10, 20 years, by the time you've bought a good fabric and had a good upholsterer do it, it's sometimes a lot more than buying a sofa, but you're not contributing to landfills. And presumably you're only wanting to reupholster something that's good enough quality to begin with. I love vintage shopping and quite often I'll see a really good frame by a great manufacturer and strip it down and we're completely, we're respringing it, we're doing everything, restrapping everything again, just because of that frame. And this was really done out of necessity because, you know, the lead times were so long. Well, and they still are. We're just used to them, I guess now. So if I were to do something like that, or if the listener wanted to do something like that, who would they contact to do all of that? A reupholstery company? So yes, but you better get that frame for a decent price because you're going to spend a lot on on upholstery, fabric, everything. But you may as well just make the sofa that you, you know, that you want. Let's talk vintage. I know you have a ton of research on uh, vintage furniture. Is it possible to buy vintage or gently used products when you are 
trying to create a healthy household and whether it's for environmental allergies or just you know, household in general, and you can talk about off-gassing, et cetera. Of course. So we talked about possibly using a, a vintage sofa and taking it right back down to the, the wood frame. So presumably, like, and for instance, with any vintage furniture that's a certain age, there's not going to be any off-gassing, you know, any, any lacquers or um, varnishes that were used have finished emitting whatever they were emitting years and years ago. So I think if you're vintage shopping and you're sticking to sort of things that are wood or marble tops or ceramic tops, things like that, that or metal things, you know, those are quite safe and you don't really have much to worry about. It's things like upholstery. It could have mold, they could have smoke and just just think allergens all in the fabrics. It's it's rare that even without allergies, you'd want to buy a sofa and not reupholster. I think it's great vintage shopping, but you need to put your own fabric on it. Allergies or no allergies, just, just for hygiene, you know. Where are some of your favorite places to shop for fabric? Oh, I have so many. Um, I love shopping at John Roselli, uh, they carry a lot of different uh, small, smaller fabric lines. I love Pierre Frey. Um, they, they have just beautiful, um, beautiful fabrics and they're quite innovative in the way things are done. Schumacher is fabulous as well. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just, there's so many. It depends on the project I'm working on and, you know, the look. But but I, I it's it's heaven for me shopping for fabrics. I love it. I can gather that. And I also would love to go with you at some point. I know we talked about our Palm Beach date, which I think would be so fun. Um, I'm going to go back to a previous uh, meant, uh, comment that you had about lining the inside of a Krypton material. Do you know what that lining is called? So if people want to, for example, try to line maybe a feather sofa they have and then do another material on top of of it to seal that feather barrier? So just to be clear, it's not a seal. It's just another layer to stop things coming out. And that fabric would be called calico. It's um, a cotton and it's usually, it's the sort of fabric, they call it calico. It's like what if you were making a dress and you were just making the dummy version first, just to make sure it worked, you'd use that because it's not very expensive and it's quite a sort of well, it's just not a fabric you'd want to use because it's got a quite a, a tight weave and it's a bit stiff. So I might use it to line skirts and things or to line a fabric that's got a bigger weave. But it's excellent as an extra lining just because, you know, the more level layers you have, the less whatever's inside is going to come out. But it's it's breathable. It's cotton. So, you know, because if you had some moisture or something in the sofa, you you don't want to just keep that in because then it's going to create mold. So it needs to breathe both ways, you know, and, and the calico lining will allow you to allow the sofa to do that. Big topic, carpets and rugs. Are they really that bad for people who have environmental allergies or just health in the household in general? I know also from previous experience. We have a carpet runner in our house now, but not a new carpet. So we didn't lay it. But my grandparents laid a carpet in their house and it reeked of just like off-gassing and dust and all of the chemical that goes into laying the carpet, putting it down and just having new carpet. This question actually comes in from one of the one of my followers and listeners 
because her son is extremely allergic to food and environmentals and he has severe eczema. And she says that she shampoos her carpets once a week, which I remember doing stuff like that, washing curtains in hot water, all the bed sheets once a week, at least usually three every three to four days. It was insane. I couldn't keep up with it. But So tell me about carpet rugs, what your choices and preferences are. We are modern moms and we don't want to like live in a sterile environment, but we want like great options. Right. So the number one thing with rugs is, and and this, I can answer this sort of both ways, is that it's really the the dust that falls on them that, that may not get vacuumed up that causes the issue. The rug itself doesn't necessarily need to be emitting anything. That being said, if it's heavily dyed, if it's like, usually the cheaper the rug, the more chemicals and funny things are in there to irritate you. And they're going to irritate you regardless of how much you shampoo it or, you know. In our house, we have a lot of vintage rugs that whenever I buy a vintage, it's a hundred percent wool. Whenever I buy a vintage rug, I, We'll have it not just Stanley steamer in, but, you know, they take it away. They put it in a bath. It gets totally clean. So there's no smell. There's there's nothing, you know. And then, again, a good vacuum. So when I said I could answer this both ways, some people say that having a rug is is better than not having a rug for allergies because at least the dust will settle on something, whereas on a hardwood floor, just some air conditioning or something could get those um, dust particles back up into the um, into your air in the room again. But either way, the dust particles need to be vacuumed up. And you could argue that the fact that they actually have a rug to settle on that's going to sort of keep them there until you vacuum is better than having them wandering around. Obviously, a lower pile rug, like there's duries, they're Indian, you know, they make them in cotton and wool. The cotton ones are particularly good in terms of no pile and not no dust particles. Obviously, the ones in the room will will fall on it um, and need to be vacuumed up. And any new rug has so much pilling and fluff that comes out for at least six months that that's, that's going to be annoying for allergies. But again, right back to vintage. It's already done all its fluffing and, you know, um, there won't be any more fluff balls emitted from that rug, at least. Where do you bathe your carpets? I've always used Stanley Steamer. You just call them and they will take your old carpets and give them a proper bath. Any carpet that comes into our house is, well, they're all vintage and they've all been in the bath and they, they, they take them away and it's a few weeks and it's a whole process. It's like an adoption of an animal. <laughs> The thing to note with that is it may change because all the rugs I'm talking about in our home and the ones I love buying for our clients, they're usually vegetable dyes, you know, which aren't going to irritate anyone, but could change color when you do this bath process. So that's the, you just don't know how that rug is going to come back, but I'm really willing to risk it because I don't want some, you know, the previous owner's stuff on that rug. So they have changed a little bit sometimes when they come back, but but they're clean. Every six months, you can have Stanley Steenert come in and just clean them on site as a top up, you know, and, and yeah, they put water on and then suck it all out again. Now, would you recommend doing a proper bath for the rug for a new rug? No, I don't think it's necessary. Just lay it out and vacuum it. Yeah. And I would definitely recommend just investing in a good rug because the, the it's the, the cheaper ones that have the, the chemical smells and chemical irritants. And I'm not sure how you can fully get rid of all that. 
Right, right. It's almost better to just wait and buy the nicer one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, like the rug company is a British company. I mean, they're all 100%, well, not all, some of them are silk and wool, but you know, they're all natural materials. And there's no funny smell other than a mild wool smell, which is lovely, you know, because wool has oils that repel stains. And it, it's just such a fabulous material. So Matt always says, ah, it's so cold here. I can't take the cold. I'm like, you are not wearing wool in the winter. And that's the only way that you can really stay temperate because sometimes days are 45 Fahrenheit and sometimes they're 32. But wool is the answer to varying temperatures in the winter. Absolutely. Underwear used to be made out of wool because they say wool has antimicrobial properties as well. I mean, antimicrobial, what does it really mean? It's sort of, it just means it's less likely. So yeah, underwear used to be wool. And I I hate the thought of that. (laughs) Do not buy vintage underwear, Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you did a ton of research. I know we started talking about this months ago. And so you did a deep dive into research because you do have clients that have environmental allergies. And you also want to know how to be sensitive to that and provide a luxury service to your clients and make them feel good, you know, in home. So tell me about some of the research that you found. I know you mentioned one about linen and Egyptians using linen even for bandages um, early on, but tell me more about everything you found because it's all fascinating. So linen is one of the oldest textiles. And yes, the Egyptians used it. They used it to mummify their mummies, but they also loved it because, and I'm actually wearing linen, well, I'm wearing linen and silk and cotton, which are all natural. But linen, it also takes moisture away so it um, and keeps you cool. So that's very helpful in hot um, climates. But it's also, all right, obviously, the, the, the smaller the weave, the better for allergies, because there's less likely to be uh, have dust uh, particles come in. But it's also um, like for sheets, Matuk makes beautiful linen sheets made in Portugal. And those are also have the antimicrobial um, properties, which are make it excellent for a material to use in the home, whether it's your sofa that you're reupholstering or sheets or, uh, or curtains. Curtains are great in linen because you can launder them rather easily or even put them in the washing machine. Another great one is silk. Now, that's a very, very old material as well. And I mean, it's rather expensive, so it can be limiting on that front. But silk sheets, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be allergic to those. You know, the weave is quite small. They don't pick up any dust. They don't emit any pillows, anti-aging. I have yet to, to do the whole silk pillow situation. Exactly. But, you know, I feel like so many things in the world and and in history, you know, why reinvent the wheel? I mean, the things that have been working, it's it's just that lately, maybe in the past 100 years or 50 years, we've screwed things up a little with new inventions and like polyester and, you know, Um, but it turns out that, well, in my research and, and the way I like to look at things, you know, what's been tried and tested and, and, and around for thousands of years, usually, you know, is the best, both allergy 
wise and also in terms of um, being eco-friendly. Absolutely. And that is a huge you know, thing of mine, not only eco-friendly, but resourceful friendly. I mean, do we really need to get rid of everything to address my child's allergies? Now, there is one thing that I wanted to mention to the listener who does have environmental allergies or their child has environmental allergies. There's a new drug, and this is not sponsored. Um, there's a new drug that has been used for asthma that they are approving now for environmental and food allergies called Zolair. It's X-O-L-A-I-R. And what it does is it turns off your IgE response to all allergens, meaning food and environmental. And so it's something that you would possibly look into. I would have definitely looked into it had I known, had it been approved and had I known about it when our son was younger because we had an insane amount of stress in our house trying to figure out at the time we lived in Florida, was it mold that was causing these crazy rashes? Was it our dog? Was it pollen? Was it food allergies? Was it the feather? Like who knows? And it is so stressful. The quality of life just plummets when you're helpless and feeling hopeless. And so a medicine like this, which is an injection that they would get a young child could get once a month, two shots once a month or something like that. It depends on your age and weight would turn off those responses, give that child some stability and homeostasis and also adults. And then they could figure out like, hey, let's do some more tests. Let's figure out what it is that's causing this and then train their immune system to tolerate it through either oral immunotherapy, which is like introducing in small amounts that allergen, whether it's food or environmental through the mouth or through shots, which you could do for environmental therapy. And so, you know, looking back, I think that that would have been an amazing option for us. I tend to do things holistically and our path was our path. And, you know, we went through years of tolerance training, but we also relocated because we were like, oh my gosh, Florida is really hard on our son's immune system. And he's constantly in hives because the heat was exacerbating all of his reactions. And, you know, we just kind of like jumped because we wanted to do anything to help our child. And so there are options out there. If you have tried everything in your home and it's still not working, definitely ask your doctor, your child's allergist, get a second opinion, get a third opinion, um, and keep asking for help because there are ways to heal your child's body naturally and with Western medicine. Um, And they're both great things. And also, you know, by making choices like what you're saying, Elizabeth, you know, making these thoughtful choices even before you have children and considering buying less possibly and buying better and introducing materials that are lifelong, sustainable materials that will last your family. Like I I like to think cost per wear with clothes, you know, cost per use with home furniture. There's a wonderful interior designer, Letta Austin Foster in um, Palm Beach. And she, I was reading an article um, recently and she said, you know, interior design and decorating your home is way too expensive to, to keep doing and redoing. So do it once and do it right. And I'm I'm sort of paraphrasing a little bit, but I love the gist of what she was saying. And that goes for with allergies as well, or really for anything. Just, you know, do it what, how it's right for you. Do it the best 
quality that you can afford and the way that you love that works for your lifestyle that's beautiful to you and don't redo it <laughs> you know just do it right the first time I, I love that. And I think too, just the mental headspace that we go through when we think of our interior design as trendy, you know, and then all of a sudden five years later, you have to change it again and then change it again. That's exactly what I was. Yes, totally. It's too expensive to be trendy. Yeah. Our last design was more neutral palette. Not that there's anything against it, but like neutral palette, trending. And then this house, I was like, oh, this is a fresh opportunity for us to do timeless home design. Things that will that are still young and cool. Like I threw some cool Missoni pillows on, which, you know, my grandma wouldn't have in her house, right? Or like you wouldn't necessarily find in an antique store. Um, so I wanted like a little nod to, hey, we're modern and young, but also we're timeless and classic, which is really this like fine line I like to walk in my personal brand and style. I definitely approve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love that. Uh, now we just have to get some better uh, filling for those pillows that I'm talking about. Well, yes, yes, exactly. Elizabeth, how can people find you if they have any questions or want to work with you? So I'm on Instagram at Elizabeth Gia, and my website is elizabethgia.com, and my details are all on, on the website. And Elizabeth is spelled traditional Elizabeth, and her last name is G H I A, if you're looking for her. I've Love following her too for interior design inspiration. So you could do that as well. Thank you so much. This was so helpful. And I'm so glad we got this together because some of the designers that you reference, and I'm going to follow them as well and just get some inspiration. And I'm excited to hear what the listeners think about this episode and if it was helpful. Thank you, Emily. Take care, Elizabeth. It was great to see you. Thanks for listening today. If you're not ready to get started with Fear to Freedom, my pediatric food allergy course, I do have a pediatric food allergy essentials resource with a ton, I mean a ton of incredible resources to get you started on your food allergy journey and healing your child with food allergies. You can download that right now on emilynolan.com and get started. If there's anything in this episode that resonated with you or led you to take action, I'd love for you to share it with me on social as well as any other friends and family that have children with food allergies or newborn children who may not have food allergies, but you know, may have the possibility to prevent it with this information. Remember to rate and review this podcast. It's a great way to give other parents of food allergy children some much needed hope and encouragement. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I am so grateful for all of your voices and support and love. And I'm just sending you all a great big hug. Thank you.